Let's pray. God, thank you so much for being so incredibly good. God, thank you for loving us in spite of us. Thank you for amazing grace and never-ending mercy, God. Lord, thank you for hearing and answering prayers for healing sick, God. Thank you for calming storms. Thank you for moving mountains, God. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for long-suffering. And God, I, I know that the people there in Florida, Lord, Lord, they need a touch, Lord. I, I pray a hedge of protection around those that are still in front of the storm. And Lord, even as I understand, it's going to go back out into the ocean and come back and make landfall a little north of Savannah, God. I don't know what strength it will have, but I know you do. God, I pray a hedge of protection around your people, God. I pray you'd use your people to be a blessing to many that are hurting, Lord. I, I pray, God, you'd help us, Lord, and nothing else. Just be faithful prayer warriors to help them out. God, I pray you'd help us right here tonight, Lord. I pray you'd open your word. I pray you'd teach us something. I pray you'd touch our hearts. Do what only the Holy Spirit can do, Lord. Give each one of us something that would help us walk out of here a better servant. We love you, God. You've been incredibly good to us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll continue our study, Acts chapter 16. There are some really great directions in here for us um, tonight. Instructions about the guiding of the Holy Spirit, the importance of following and listening to the Holy Spirit. Y'all know we're doing the study through the book of Acts, and each day is a different, is a different section each time we study. But if I'm ever reading this book, looking at this book, I certainly want to know what it's teaching them, but I want to know how does it apply to me. No, I, I know what it was then and when it was written and how it applied to the church, but how does it apply to me? How, how does it help me direct my life, help me act the way I should act and treat people the way I should treat people? Well, tonight there's some really, really good direction in this few little passages here we're going to look at. I'm going to start by reading in verse number 1 of chapter 16. We made it down to verse number 4, but just for... It fit together. We're going to begin reading in verse number one. Then came he talking about Paul and, and his company to Derbe and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. Remember, we met him last week, the son of a certain woman, which is Jewish, believed his father. He believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him. And again, we looked at that stuff last week. He took and circumcised him because of the Jews and you know, we, we looked at how they, they just had such a big discussion to not have to be circumcised. But here Paul circumcises Timotheus anyway. And he's going to take him with him on a trip. And in those quarters, they, knew all, they all knew that his father was Greek. But verse number four. And as they went through cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. That's talking about the letter that we looked at a few weeks ago. And we'll talk about it in just a minute. But it says that the churches were established in the faith and increased in number daily. You know, when they'd gone throughout Perigia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Now, after they were come to Mycenae, they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. They passing by Mycenae and came down to Troas. The vision appeared to Paul by the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. After he'd seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, And the next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. And a colony. And, and we were in the city abiding certain days. On the Sabbath we went out of the city. 
by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spoken to the women which resorted thither. And I'm, I'm not sure if we'll make it that far tonight. I hope we do. But just kind of looking ahead. Remember, every time Paul goes into a city, it's his custom to go into the synagogue, right? He At least he finds some people, some common ground, and that at least believe in God. And he goes in, he preaches Christ until they throw him out. But here, there's not a synagogue. There, there, there's no place there for them to go in, but there apparently there are some women who must either be believers in Christ or they're at least believers in God who meet by a river. So it says that certain women um, on the Sabbath who went out of the city where prayer was wont to be made and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. A certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple, the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto things which were spoken of by Paul. I know we can't make it any further than that tonight. So if you guys can be seated, those who stand if you want, we'll just start back up here at verse number four and take a look at some scripture. Remember those who originally came to Antioch, they came and they stirred up stories, said he had to be circumcised as part of salvation. And that's where all that debate began and the argument began. And they had to go back to the church at Jerusalem and, and stirred all that up. Well, apparently the people that came to Antioch, remember we talked about when Paul and, and Silas and Barnabas and all of them, when they came back to Antioch and they brought the letter from Jerusalem that these guys aren't there. I don't know where they went. It doesn't say where they are. It doesn't talk about them, but obviously they're not still there. Well, it's pretty obvious that they've gone on ahead and they're out at the other churches and they're telling the same stories because verse number four says they went through the cities. They delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. So it's talking about that letter that, that Peter and James wrote that wrote back to the church there. They're carrying that letter with them and they're going and, and they're telling them the truth. You'd think it'd be enough for the apostle Paul to tell them or for Silas to witness to it. But remember, many people in that day, they still kind of look at Paul with, with a little bit of hesitancy. They don't see the apostle Paul like we do. They still see Saul. They, they still see some different. You know, everybody still remembers who we were, right? That, that old world. So, so they, they carried the letter. It says that, that they, they delivered decrees. That word decree is the same word. Luke's right of the book. It's the same word that Luke wrote in his gospel in chapter 2. And he wrote the gospel of Luke. He said it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Remember, that's what caused Joseph and Mary to to go down to Bethlehem to where Jesus would be born because it had been prophesied. Thou Bethlehem, Ephratah, least among the thousands. So there was a decree. That decree is a written law. It is a confirmed document, something that is in writing. So this letter was carried to the churches as confirmation that circumcision has absolutely nothing to do with salvation. It was of the Old Testament law, so they carried it around. And what they're doing is basically going behind the troublemakers, the ones that are so in discord, and they have this letter, and they're setting the churches back in order. They're, they're setting back up what has been torn down by false teaching and by false doctrine. And the Bible says that, that they were, the churches were strengthened by it. And it says that they grew in numbers. Verse number 5, so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. That word for established right there is, is a pretty important word. It comes from a Greek word. That's called, it says stereo. The word means to establish, to confirm, to strengthen, or to be made strong. 
The only other two times that we find that word in the New Testament is here in the book of Acts. Luke used it, and we see it in chapter, chapter 3, and we see it in verse 7 when he's, when he's talking about the, um, the, the healing of the lame man. And, and then he uses it again in verse number 16 when he's dealing with the Sanhedrin council, and he's trying to explain the miracle. In verse, verse number 7, it says that he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. The word receive strength is stereo. It is the exact same word used here as established. Verse number 16, as Peter's defending it to the Sanhedrin, he says that his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong. The word strong is the same Greek word. It, it is stereo. So what our text is telling us here is that by taking this letter to the churches and giving it to the churches and confirming some things, it refutes the lies of the false teachers. It sets things in order. And from that, the church is established. The church is, is made strong. The church is strengthened. And because of that, the church increased daily in numbers. That is the work of the church. The church is to be strong. The church is to be evangelistic so that souls are being saved. The church is to be telling a lost and dying world about Jesus Christ. The church, the, one of the jobs, one of the jobs of the church is to go out and be a lighthouse in a dark world. To go out, anybody awake in here? To go out and, and let people see Christ in us. To go out and share the good news of the gospel. So we, we're to be strong. And by doing that, then the church as a whole, not Faith Baptist Church, but the church, the bride of Christ. If we go out and, and we share the gospel, can, can I just plug in right there? If you know somebody that's lost, tell them about Jesus. Your number one job is not to invite them to Faith Baptist Church. Your number one job is to tell them about Jesus Christ. And if you tell them about Jesus Christ and, and they get saved, thank you for inviting them to Faith Baptist Church. And I would love for them to come and so would you. But the truth is, where they go to church is God's business. Let, let God guide them and direct them. Let, let God take them. Our job is to preach the gospel, to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. I read a quote, and it didn't say, it didn't give credit to who it was or I would give it. But it says, we either evangelize or we fossilize. We either evangelize or we fossilize. We've, we've got a story to tell. So, so what, what we know when we put the whole Bible together in context, which we have to do from in the beginning to amen, is that the church exists to evangelize the lost and to equip the saints. That's the purpose of the church. We come here together to get equipped. We come here together so, so that we can love one another. According to the scripture, by this shall all men know you're my disciples, that you have loved one for another. So we come to love one another. We come to have fellowship. We, we come to the gathering according to the word of God to forsake not the assembling. That is the job of the church, that we gather together, we worship together, we learn together. But another job of the church is to go out and evangelize the world. So to, to go out and evangelize is not the only job. And to come in and equip the saints is not the only job. It, it, it takes both. We, we have to create converts and then help converts grow in the Lord. That's what we are. That's what I am. I'm a convert. I was a lost sinner on my way to hell. Now I'm a saved sinner on my way to heaven. I'm a convert. I got a lot to learn. Anybody got a lot to learn? And anybody got this all down pat, I need your help. Call me right after church. If there's anything about this you don't know and you have no questions, man, I, I need some stuff from you. I'll go ahead and tell you.
So, so that's the job is to learn. And verse number 6 says that when they'd gone throughout Phrygia in the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They were forbidden. I mean, what kind of, what kind of version of I done got a hold to here? They were forbidden of the Holy Ghost. I thought the Holy Ghost said we were supposed to preach the gospel. I, I thought one of our commandments in being filled with the Holy Spirit was to tell people, right? Y'all say the same thing? They were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. I, I want to focus on that for a few minutes because it has a lot to do with our lives. It has a lot to do with mine. It has a lot to do with everybody. It's to focus on the Holy Ghost because here's the truth. The Apostle Paul set out, remember, y'all remember the first missionary journey? We looked at it, appoint me out, separate me, Paul, or Barnabas and Paul, and, and anoint them and send them out. And they went on the first ever missionary journey. First two evangelists to ever go out from the church. They left there at Antioch and they went out. They're the first missionary. Their job is to go out and what? Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's their job. They went out, they preached the gospel, they saw a soul saved. Paul got stoned at Lystra, thought he was dead, got thrown out of the city, got back up. But then the Jews left and went home. They come back through developing churches. Christians everywhere preached the gospel. They come back to a time, they had their argument at Antioch. They went down to Jerusalem about circumcision. They got that settled. They come back up. And Silas has traveled back with them. Everything set straight. Now they're going on the second great missionary journey. And the sole purpose for leaving Antioch is to preach the gospel, right? The sole purpose of the missionary journey was to go out and to preach the gospel. So they passed through the regions where they had already preached. They passed through the regions where the first missionary journey went. They've been back to the churches there that were established. And they've explained to them, that, listen, these guys that came through and said circumcision is a necessity are a bunch of liars. It's not true. What is necessary for salvation, the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's a letter from the apostles. Here's a letter from the church at Jerusalem, signed by Peter, signed by James, the head the church at Jerusalem just to confirm it if you need it anymore. And they set some things there. But, but then they, they went on and said, I'm sure the apostle Paul is ready to preach the gospel to everybody. Wouldn't you think so? I, I'm sure we, we've got Timothy and, and Silas here. Now, you know, they heard about all the things that happened on that first missionary journey. They heard about the lame man being being healed, they, they heard about how they were thrown in prison. They heard about Paul being stoned. They heard about great apostolic miracles. They heard about souls being saved. They heard about the Gentiles coming together and having church. I ain't talking about a little, hey, let's all get together from 1030 to 12 and go home and eat. I'm talking about they had church. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they, they're hearing all these stories. And now here they come with Paul. They're ready to see some souls saved, right? I mean, they are enthusiastic. They're excited. Silas, he's just happy to be alone. The only reason he gets to come is because Paul and Barnabas got into that big argument over John Mark. And so Silas, he gets to go with Paul. You know, he's excited. Now you got Timothy, this little young preacher boy who's half Greek, half Jew. He's just excited to be with the Apostle Paul. Man, I just want to see some souls saved. I just want to see some miracles happen. I just want to see a moving of God. I just want to see these Jews come up and create opposition against us like they did Paul. I mean, these men, they want to be in that spot where their lives is hanging on by a thread, right? That's kind of how they were on the first missionary journey, narrowly escaping death. That's what Paul did in Lystra, being arrested, maybe even being beaten. I mean, that's what they signed up for. 
They signed up to go see God do some great works. They signed up to see a lot of miracles. They signed to go up and, and to reach souls. But all they're doing is a bunch of walking. For hundreds of miles, they're walking. They're walking past city after city. They're walking past lost soul after lost soul. And everywhere they went, they saw the lost. Everywhere they went, they saw people that, that needed the gospel. Everywhere they went, they saw the fields that are whited unto harvest. But they just kept walking because the Holy Spirit forbid them to stop and preach. That, that's what the text says. So here's what we know from the scriptures. Every one of these cities that they're walking by will be evangelized at a later date. We know that because there's churches in those cities. And Apostle Paul wrote letters to those churches, which are now books of the Bible. So we know that, that the Holy Spirit hasn't forgotten these cities. We know that the Holy Spirit knows there's lost people there. But the Holy Spirit has another plan. It's not like they're, they're not on God's radar. It's not that God's not going to minister to them. It's just not right now. See, see this is important in our lives. Because what we see is the instruction of the Holy Spirit. And the importance of, of following the Holy Spirit. You know, anybody ever have a great idea? They seem like great ideas, right? I mean, sometimes we, we think, boy, I could do this and help somebody. Or sometimes I could go to... If you have an inspired by the Holy Spirit idea, number one, those are usually a little uncomfortable. They're usually out of your comfort zone because God loves to put us in situations where we have to trust him. We have to depend on him. We go do whatever it is that he gives us to do. And we're usually pretty uncomfortable, which means when we leave the house, we know one thing. We've got to depend on him. I'm going to do something that I can't do on my own by myself. So what he gives us is usually a little bit out of our comfort zone. Usually if it's my idea, it's something that I think I can pretty well do. It becomes our, our idea. And it may be a good thing to do. It may be something to help somebody. It may be a really good thing with good intentions. But if the Holy Spirit's not in it, then it's not the right thing. Or at least it's not the right time. No matter how much we desire to do it. If the Holy Spirit doesn't give us guidance and direction, then, then the timing may be wrong. So that's what we see here in this text. That they could have preached the house down in these cities. They, 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 they could have told everything they knew and gathered everybody there. But because the Holy Spirit wanted them to move on, now was not the time. So here's what we're going to see as we go forward looking here at these texts. Paul and his company, they end up going to Europe. And they will evangelize Europe. Europe is, is the great connection to the Western world, the, the centerpiece, the strong point. Europe becomes the great center of Christianity in the world. Right? Europe becomes the central figure of Christianity where Christianity goes out from. Had Paul and his company stopped in each of these little cities, guess where they never got to? Europe. The Holy Spirit had a plan. He had a place. He had a time. And it didn't matter that they didn't understand, why are we not preaching to these people? Why are we not stopping? Man, this would be a great place for a church. God's timing is perfect. And, and no matter what we think we ought to do, if we don't have an inner peace from God about it, then it's not time to do it. I'm not saying it's not the right thing to do. Judgment Journey is a perfect example. I thought we'd do Judgment Journey last year. COVID ain't why we didn't do Judgment Journey. I sure thought we'd do it this year. We, we were having meetings one, we, 
about every three weeks, we were having meetings, planning, planning all the new things, the things we're taking out, the things we're putting in, the buildings, what all had to be torn down. We had to start planning back in February because there's a lot to be done. Pretty much that's got to be torn down and started over. It ain't been used. We thought we'd be doing judgment journey. It has nothing to do with, with COVID. It has to do with the Holy Spirit. It has to do, we have these planning meetings and we get so excited about all these new ideas and stuff we're going to build. And it's going to be Judgment Journey 2.0, better than it ever was. I mean, it's got to be wild when it comes back, right? The first people come through, if it ain't awesome, they, they're not coming back. They got to spread and we do all these plans. You're excited and you go home and you're praying the next morning. And it's like somebody threw a wet blanket on your fire. Like, man, what's wrong? And we come back together and we talk about it and we get started talking about plans. And we did that for a few weeks. Until finally, we realized we, we, God, God's not in this. We're excited about it. Does that make sense to y'all? We're excited about some things. We got some great ideas, man. We got some stuff that if we can pull it off, and we've tried a couple of things that didn't work, but failure is an option. Anybody agree? Failure is always an option. We tried it with that, putting that fire in that trailer and turning it into a smoke box. That, that was a failure. But we failed for so late in the game that we just had to put them in a smoke box. But, but we had some great ideas, and there's a lot of excitement. But when there's not a comfort, when the Holy Spirit won't give you a comfort, a desire to go forward, don't go. Don't go. Everything is to be led by the Holy Spirit. So we know that, that Galatia is going to be evangelized because we have the book of Galatians. But not yet. We know that, that Bithynia, we, we know that all these large cities that, that are full of people are going to be evangelized, but, but not yet. So Paul and his company, they keep on going, and the Holy Spirit's not letting them stop and preach. But listen, here, here's another big part of what they don't know where they're going. All they know is they can't stop here. They have no idea. They set out to go on a missionary journey, which is to tell people about Christ, to preach the gospel, and all they're getting from the Holy Spirit is, nope, not that city. Nope, not that city. Nope, not that city. Don't stop at that city. Nope, just keep walking. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking you're asking questions by now, right? I mean, they are humans. They, they're, you're forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Verse number 7, after they were come to Mycenae, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Wait, what? I mean, when are we going to get to tell somebody about Jesus? They, passing by Mycenae, came down to Troas. Day after day, city after city, hundreds of miles walking, souls passed by, not knowing where they're going, not knowing why they can't preach. They just know that the Holy Spirit says, not here, not yet. There's a time. But this ain't it. So they come to, to Troas. Surely this has got to be the place. I mean, we, pass, we walk past all these other cities out kind of. Some of them on the beaten path. Some of them off the path. But, but I mean, surely, surely, th this all-important city, surely this has got to be it. I, I mean, this is, this is a harbor city. This is a crowded place. They've got connections to, to Macedonia. They've got connections to Greece. They have connections into Europe. There's ships coming out. They have connections to the world. Surely this all-important city, this is the place. What a great place to build a church right anybody with me y'all thinking like i'm thinking it's a port city people are coming from everywhere on land and by sea what a great place to put a church surely this is it right no holy spirit is not here this ain't it so 
So the, the, Lord, the Lord himself is the Lord of the harvest, right? So you can preach anywhere you want. And you can preach to multitudes. And a few are going to be saved because of the power of the word of God in the name of Jesus Christ. But the multitudes aren't going to be reached. The great things aren't going to happen if it's not the right place and it's not the right time. Listen, we're just, we're just pawns in the hand of God. And anybody thinks more of yourself than you're a pawn in the hand of God, you think too much. And anybody that thinks you're less than that, you think too little of yourself. You are a usable pawn in the hand of God. All we have to do is, is obey the Holy Spirit. Verse number 9, finally, finally, you know they got to be thinking, thank you, Lord. Finally, the Holy Spirit gives some Paul, giving Paul some directions. It says that, that a vision appeared unto Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over here into Macedonia and help us. Think about the two, honestly, I know James is really important. James is the head of the church at Jerusalem. But when it comes to founding the church, establishing the church, building the church, I, I would tend to believe the two most important apostles are Peter and Paul. In any agreement there? So I, I, again, I know James is the head of the church at Jerusalem, but that's only because Peter's moved on and, and put him in that place. So, so you got the two, but, but here's what they have in common. Remember what it was that Peter had when he was hungry and he was up on the roof? He had what? A vision. Remember about the cloths coming down and God said, kill and eat. And what I've called clean, call thou not unclean. Um, so, so he had a, a, a vision. And, and the vision, the people came, it was for him to go to Cornelius' house up at Caesarea. And he was of the Italian band. He's a European. What Peter's vision did was it opened the door of the church to the world. It was the church going out. It was the beginning of, hey, the church is open to the Gentile. Remember, we spent about three weeks on that. But the church is open to you and I, to the Gentile world. Other sheep which I have that are not of this fold is what he told the Jews. I got Gentiles. I've got others. So what the vision that Peter got was to go out and open the door of the church to the world so that the world could come into the church. That was Peter's vision. But then Paul has a vision here. And now that the church is somewhat established, not just at Jerusalem, but you've got churches in several cities and the gospel's getting out. The vision here is to open the door of the world to the church so that the church can go out, so that the church can minister out into the world. Europe, you know, that, that's the Greek world. They, they had all their false gods. Europe's the one that introduced a lot of things to mankind. I mean, they're the one that introduced culture and, and, and what would be like fine arts. They're the ones that introduced sports. They had the great sports arenas. And, and so they brought a lot of things in. But a lot of what they brought in was their false gods. All of, all of their trinket, all of their, their worldly ideas. So you, you got to look at where, where God has opened the door. They went past all these little cities, all these places they didn't get to preach. And, and now here they are. They're, they're going to preach in the cities of Alexander the Great. They're, they're going to preach in places like Plato and, and Aristotle and, and, and Socrates. They're, they're going to get to preach in these great cities with these great stadiums and great Colosseums under the shadow of Mount Olympus, which is where, where they gave really sacrifice and things to a lot of their false god. They're, they're going to get to preach in these places. I, I'm sure they were, were confused. I, I'm, I'm backing up 
because I want to make sure we understand this because it's important for us as well. I'm sure they were confused when they were forbidden to preach the gospel. I'm sure, listen, there are some people you work with, you can witness to them all you want, but if they're not being drawn to the Holy Spirit, you're not going to reach them. There, 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 there are people, when the field is whited under harvest, you know, there are some that have already, the ground's been plowed and they've been planted and the weeds is plucked, they've been fertilized, and there is ready for a harvest. But a lot of people still need a lot of work. So just because we witness to somebody doesn't mean that they're going to get saved that day. Every one of us in here has witnessed to somebody and thought, sure, this will be the time. Spend an hour of your time talking to them and they just go, ah, I'm, just, I'm just not ready. That's because it really wasn't the right time. You met them. It, it wasn't time for salvation. But that doesn't mean that your conversation was no good. Because that means that the Holy Spirit is going to take what you put in and, and add that on. And he's going to send somebody else. So I'm not saying it's irrelevant. I'm not saying don't, don't tell them. I'm just saying you're not going to get to lead everybody you meet to the Lord. Because everybody's not ready. It's all about being in the right place at the right time for the Holy Spirit. I, I'm sure that, that these men are walking by going, Lord. We don't preach to these people. And the Lord says, nope, not yet. Lord, are, are they not going to get to hear the gospel? Oh, yeah, they are. It's not yet. Lord, you, you don't think this would be a good place to put a church? Oh, yeah, a great place. There'll be one. Just not yet. See, that, that's us. We, we want things. Okay, okay, maybe it ain't us. It's me. You, you don't have to be in it, but, but I want things in my time. I want to see things done in my time. Am I by myself? We, we, we think of things we want done. Uh, that type A impatient personality is not good at waiting. That's why I have to wait so much. Because God says, one way or another, I'm going to break your hard head or stubborn self to sit down, shut up, be still till I say go. So the worse we are, the harder we make it on ourselves. God, God says, Wait, I'm sure they had some questions just like us. There is no denying that the gospel needed to be preached in every one of those cities. But the Holy Spirit says not yet. Is that, is that making sense to anybody? Because it's the same way in my life. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of ministry ideas that people come and people bring. And, and they're probably all great ideas, but they have to be in the time of the Holy Spirit. They have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We have to go. When, we're woke, when we are awoken at 3.30, awaken, how would you say that? When we get woke up in the middle of the night, that's, that's, how, that's how I say it. 3.30 in the morning and God gives you something to do, you ain't got to doubt that. All you got to do is, is get, get to work. But when it's our idea and we want it and, and we have to wait, we have to wait on the Holy Spirit. You know, just a good example. I'm, I'm about out of time already. But I couldn't help but, but, but think about it, really just because of, of counseling, getting to talk to some people and understanding where they are and trying to help some moms and dads understand what I hope I never have to try to understand. But children, children sometimes, they don't, they don't go exactly right. They, they, they don't turn out quite like they were raised. They, 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 they like me. They get college age and go, see ya. And, and, and they go that way. But unfortunately, they, they find a couple bad friends or they make a couple bad choices. And they end up with drugs. They end up with alcohol. They, they, they may end up with in and out of prison. And they get in all these bad places. And here's the deal. 
Mom and dad keeps bailing them out. Mom and dad keeps bailing them out. Can I say sometimes God is trying to put somebody rock bottom. God is trying to put somebody in the bottom of the pit, allowing them to get there so they will sit down and sit still and know they have no hope but God. To know they have nothing else left. But we as parents or as friends, people, we bail them out. Can I tell you that's getting in the way of God's work? We, we, that, that's not some things that we pray about a lot of times, mom and dad. Hey, should, should I go down and, and, and bail my son or my daughter out? Should I go, should I give them money, more money to this? See, that needs prayer because the Holy Spirit might very well tell you no. No, don't. I'm doing something here. It's, it's the same thing. Anytime we do something that is not directed to the Holy Spirit, we're getting in the way of what the Lord's doing. Well, what if they stopped in those cities and they never made it to Europe? Well, I don't know. That, that was just a free one. Verse number 10 says that after they'd seen the vision, it says immediately. That's a key word. Once Paul received direction from the Holy Spirit, now is the time. Europe is the place. So get there. It says that immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis. Even there we see something of importance. That that Samothracia, that that Samothracia, that that is a very important island. It, it's it's a very noticeable. It's five thousand foot above sea level, out out in the middle of the ocean. But it's the home of, of the Kabiri cult. That would be a great place. Every ship has to stop by there because of the distance of sailing. They have to stop by there for supplies. That'd be a great place for a church, right? That'd be a great place to get bogged down. But Paul has his order. It says that the next day they set sail. It's not that God doesn't know about the people on the island or doesn't care about the people on the island. It's that not yet. God's got bigger plans and, and it starts there in Europe. Anybody know that God's plans are perfect? And, and so we have to stick to God's plans. Now, one simple word that changes right here. It's a big deal, and I, I'm, we're going we're gonna to have to stop. I'm going to let you out and go get the children. But, but I want to look at this, this one change, of, this one change of, of writing, if you will, because up to this point, everything's been written third person. Luke's writing the letter. He's writing about him. In verse number one, he says that Paul went to Derbe and Lystra. In verse number four, it says they went through the cities. In verse number 6, it says, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia. In verse number 7, it says, they were come to Mycenae, they essayed to go to Bithynia. Verse number 8, it says, they, passing by Mycenae, came down to Troas. And apparently, that's where Luke was. Because verse number 10 says that after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Luke has joined the team. I'll tell you in a minute why that's important. Verse number 11 says, that Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony where, and we were in that city abiding certain days, and on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by Riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. You, you understand the, the change of context? All of a sudden, Luke's not writing third person. Luke, Luke's, Luke's there. 
He's in the midst of it. Here's why this is important. Luke has a lot of pull with the Jews, right? He, he, he has all of his pharisaical training, his rabbinical training. He, he is a Hebrew of Hebrews. So he's got some pull with the Jews. We know that he's a Roman citizen, right? He has a lot of pull with the Romans. He don't have much going on over there with the Grecians. But all of a sudden, right before he goes, who does, who does God put with him? Timotheus. We just met him. We just met him at the beginning of this reading. And he's half what? Greek. You know who else is Greek? Luke. And right before he gets on a boat to go over there, he teams up. I'm just telling you, if we wait on God, we do it God's way, in God's time, the way God wants it done, every provision is there. There'll be a woman named Lydia over there, the seller of the color purple from Thyatira, that is full of money. If she sells purple, she's extremely rich. And she takes care of all their needs, and he sends two Greek people to go over there to get him in. I'm just saying, if we go when God says go and do it the way God says do it, everything's going to work. The reason a lot of things don't is because we find ourselves doing it our way, in our time, because I don't have time to wait. I think it's a good idea now. I think we all just go ahead and have judgment journey. I think because everybody thinks we should, right? Everybody calls on the phone. don't know why we ain't having it. We shouldn't be scared of COVID. I couldn't give a flying two cents about COVID. What I care about is, Father, what do you want this church to do? What, what do you want out of us? What, we, we've been praying. Greg Brown will tell you right there. He sits there every Tuesday morning with the rock altar every Tuesday morning. And I can't tell you for how many months, years. Father, you want judgment journey? We've got to have two things. We've got to have money. We've got to have people. Well, I see God both. We had 25 people joining the church in five weeks last month. It, if the sale goes through, I see the money there. Those we got both. That means we go now? No. It means go when God says go. I, I'm, I know I've spent a lot of time on that, but that's because it's so important personally. It's so important in our lives. God has things for us to do. And it's God a lot of times that gives us the idea. But along with the idea comes the time. It's not just what to do. It's when to do it. So it's very important that we follow that guiding of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, I'm not only out of time, I'm a little past time, but they're going to let the kids out in five minutes. So you got time to socialize a little bit before you go get them. Let's pray. God, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Father, your sweet Holy Spirit that lives in us, that does guide us, that does teach us. Thank you for your patience, God, that continues to put up when people like me just go on and get in the way and mess things up and, and try to help when I should have stayed out of the way because you were doing something, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. Thank you, God, for making us usable vessels. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. God, I pray everybody in this place, would you keep a hedge of protection about them? Be with them. Be with their families, God. May your grace be poured out on every family represented in this place. Help us to go out and be pleasing to you, God. We love you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.